Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Ask Dr. Ernst Show is presented by Dr. Aaron Ernst, a board-certified chiropractic physician specializing in spinal correction, nutritional coaching, and cellular detoxification. And is for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Seek a qualified healthcare professional before changing your health program or embarking on a new one. Visit AskDrErnst.com for more information. It's time to transform your health with one of the nation's leading and growing authorities in total health. Over the next hour, learn from experts on how to revolutionize the health of those you love most. This is Ask Dr. Ernst. And now, here's your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. Hey, it's the show where pounds are shed, disease is dead, and where you can be set free from your health problems when you become your own healer. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, here to inspire and coach and guide you to living life to your fullest health potential. I love that we get to spend these Saturdays together. I love that many of you have been tuning in week after week after week. We had such an incredible event today. I did the Charlotte Heart Health webinar, over 150 people online. We were breaking free from high blood pressure, cholesterol, triglyceride issues, arrhythmias, palpitations by going deep into the root causes. And one thing that I haven't talked about in a long time that I want to do today is really break apart this myth called cholesterol. A lot of what I'm going to talk to you guys about today comes from a book that I read years ago called The Great Cholesterol Myth. And what I love about it is the subtitle says, Why Lowering Your Cholesterol Won't Prevent Heart Disease and a Plan That Actually Will, written by Dr. Johnny Bowden, Ph.D., and Dr. Steven Sinatra, MD. Those of you on our live stream, you can see I'm kind of fanning an image of the book in front of you. But uh, it's great. And it opens up our eyes to this concept that what if what we've been taught about heart health is skewed? What if new research is suggesting that something else is causing our issues with cholesterol? And look, it's not uncommon for me to meet with someone in my clinic and have them say, Dr. Ernst, you know, my labs say this, my doctor has me doing this, and I'd like to know if there's another way. We start looking at numbers, and yes, they're elevated, but what you need to understand, especially with cholesterol, is the total number is just one small piece of the puzzle. So I want you to envision sort of this big, beautiful picture, and it requires you know hundreds of pieces to put together to see it. Okay, just because we pick one piece up and we look at it and go, ah, look at that piece. It doesn't necessarily 100% impact your overall heart health, the total cholesterol numbers. So I want to give you some meat and potatoes today. I want you to really, truly engage in this because according to the statistics, there's a really high likelihood that you are struggling with high cholesterol. It's estimated that anywhere between 50 to 60% of Americans over the age of 50 are taking a statin today. So you have this really high chance that your doctor is trying to tell you lower your cholesterol. And I want to just begin with sort of a quick, I'll call it, calculation that you can use to discover if you're really truly at risk or not. Okay, so yes, this requires you 
pulling your labs or grabbing your numbers or investigating. But, you know, really, this show is about you becoming your own doctor. So you're going to have to learn. Okay, if it's been more than a year since you've had a biometric scan or some sort of complete physical, a CBC with all the numbers, time to go out and get one. Okay, if you've had them recently, look, the beauty of today, most of you have access to your chart or some online portal. Do this. Okay, take notes. Write these numbers down. Go pull your labs. Start looking at them. And if they're way off, connect with us, AskDrOrange.com. We have an option to do a free consultation with myself and my team. Let's solve this beast. Let's fix this issue and do it in a natural method that doesn't require you to keep medicating your conditions. Okay, so one thing to understand, number one, total cholesterol is a number that by itself is basically meaningless. I'm putting air quotes around it because it's more about the connections of what the cholesterol is doing in your body. And more specifically, it's about the ratios. Okay, so what are the most important numbers we can know? Well, let's... Some of the research suggests that people that have high cholesterol, even numbers as high as 330 for total, can still be at low risk for heart disease because they have other aspects of their health, their other cholesterol levels, and their triglycerides and their VLDLs are within normal percentages and relationships. So the secret now today is it's more about the percentage in the relationship of your total cholesterol to everything else and your LDLs and HDLs. So number one, calculation that you must do your hdl to ldl ratio okay this is really important because hdls we know are good cholesterol ldls we know are sort of bad cholesterol and i want to talk about that because that's not necessarily the, the case but if you take your hdl number whatever it is and you multiply it by 2.5 if the resulting number is the same or higher than your ldls you've got a great ratio so you don't necessarily need to worry about the fact that like, oh, your total cholesterol is off balance. If your HDL times 2.5 equals your LDL or is higher, you're good. Now, if it's lower, pay attention, listen up. Next, triglycerides to HDL. When you divide your triglycerides by your HDL, take your total triglyceride number, divide by your HDL. If that number is higher than 2%, then we really have a challenge. We want that percentage to be lower than 2%. Another really good one is to take your total cholesterol and divide that by your HDL cholesterol. And if we're looking at somewhere between 2 to 2.5, maybe 3 at the tops, then everything is fantastic from a relationship of a functionality. So I'm going to take you through a deep dive today into what is cholesterol, what is it good for, what are the numbers we need to know. This was just a preview and a precursor. If you grab a calculator, you can solve a lot of these issues yourself by saying, okay, am I good or do I need to really dive deep? And again, if you're someone that needs to dive deep, reach out to us, right? AskDrEarns.com, top right-hand corner, there's a button that says request a consultation. It's a free way for you and me and my team to connect and discuss your health issues, no matter if it's cholesterol or heart disease, diabetes, MS, Parkinson's, you name it. There's always alternative ways. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, the myths behind cholesterol. Did you know that cholesterol is cholesterol? But here's the thing. There's many different types. And it's more important that we know about the types than just the total number. Did you know that eating cholesterol is not necessarily as bad as we thought it was? In fact, there's many different types of cholesterol. There's some that are really good to eat for your heart health. We also know that cholesterol is not bad. It was vilified, but now today we're finding out you actually need healthy levels of cholesterol. And the lower the better, nah, it doesn't always work that way. So don't keep trying to drive it down. Don't keep trying to squash it down. Let's get to the root issue of why your cholesterols are out of balance by ratios, and you can solve that. Also, listen up. 
In two weeks, which is the 19th of this month, I'm hosting a webinar series. It's on weight loss and solving diabetes. Weight loss and diabetes, it's a big issue for a lot of us. If you'd like to lose 10, 15, even 20 pounds in four weeks, 704-906-2094. If you'd like your sugars, A1C, etc., down, off medications for type 2 diabetes, 704-906-2094. The webinar is on the 19th of this month. It's a Saturday. It's at 10 a.m. It's completely free. You just need to pick up the phone and register. 704-906-2094. Call it, text it, and don't go away. The best is yet to come. It's the Ask Dr. Ron Show. We'll be right back. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Hey, it's a show where pounds are shed, disease is dead, and where you can be set free from your health problems when you become your own healer. You know, Hippocrates once said, patient, heal thyself. And that's the ultimate goal. Today, we want to be the authors and the creators of our own health and our own healing. We know this because so many people are looking for natural and alternative solutions. And uh, yet there's a lot of misinformation out there. So today, I'm breaking down the myths behind high cholesterol, the reality behind what cholesterol is and does for us, and we're going to give you some tips and some techniques to lower your cholesterols naturally, but not lowering the numbers. We're going to fix the ratios. We talked at the top of the hour about how the most important thing when you're looking at your cholesterol numbers is not the numbers themselves, but the numbers you have to calculate, and they're not on your labs. This is the scary part. What you'll often see is just H or an elevation, or a red line, or something like that. And uh, all too, unfortunately, many times we leave with this fear going, okay, oh my gosh, well, do I take a statin? What do I do? My doctor's recommending this. Is there another way? And I'm here to tell you there is. The challenge, unfortunately, today with cholesterol is it's fallen into this, what I'll call sort of like grouping, that the research is currently saying something different than what we've been taught. Okay, there are a lot of common conditions today, especially in this culture that we live in, that don't necessarily have a backing with science, yet it's really believed and it's sort of uh, ingrained. Okay, you ask most people, what happens if you have high cholesterol? Well, you have plaquing and, and uh, heart attack and death. Okay, cholesterol was vilified as the major cause of heart disease, but the claim that it literally clogs our arteries, though it's known worldwide, is having less and less scientific evidence to back it up. So as a society, I think what we need to do is we need to start really going deep into looking at it as a theory rather than a fact, something that might not be true. And in fact, unfortunately, some of the newest research is suggesting that's not the case. All right. So how did this all begin? Just in case you're wondering. Well, in the 1950s, did you guys know it was extremely rare? For there to be heart disease, clogging of arteries, etc. But as it started to happen slightly, there was some investigations done to determine, well, what's doing this? And yes, there was some placking in arteries. And unfortunately, at the time, the technology just came back and all they could discover that it was was cholesterols and fat. So this misassociation got developed between having a lot of fat in your blood and having clogged arteries. In fact, there was a physician, his name is Dr. Ansel Keys. He was sort of the author of what is now known as the lipid hypothesis, the idea that there's a direct relationship between the amount of saturated fat and cholesterol that you eat and the likelihood of having heart disease. And even though it was questionable, there were some outliers originally in some of the studies, it got promoted as being the hypothesis for the creation of almost all forms of cardiovascular disease, including clogged arteries, heart attacks, 
ischemic effects, etc. Yet, today, there have been hundreds of studies showing that there are different conclusions and the lack of evidence that a lot of people use to sort of, I'll call it, break the mindset is what's so challenging today. Did you know that there are studies showing the switch that we did, the movement away from animal-based fats, lard and butter, and moving into vegetable oils, processed foods, etc., is potentially the thing that created the rise in heart disease. Did you know that there's been more heart disease now than there was in the 50s? So if we fixed it by getting rid of animal-saturated fats and butter and lard, we should be seeing a sharp decrease in the amount of heart defects when, in fact, we're actually still seeing an increase. Close to 90% of almost all major documented studies today show that the lipid hypothesis is not supported behind the idea that clogging of arteries is due to saturated fats and cholesterol. Listen to this. In 1994, guys, this is a relatively old study, the British journal Lancet discovered that most of the clogging of the arteries is actually unsaturated fat, not saturated fat. A whopping 74% of the fat found in those plaques that are clogging your arteries is the same fat that's found in vegetable oils, like canola and corn and soy, etc. Unfortunately, today, a lot of the current research is suggesting that it's actually the vegetable oils that are causing the placking in the first place. They're highly inflammatory. They get oxidized easily. They get attracted to areas of inflammation, including vascular tissues. So you almost have to think of it as what could be labeled as the cause of clogging of your arteries is not cholesterol, but unsaturated, I'll call them modified plant fats, canola, corn, wesson, etc. So the majority of the fat that we're finding in your arteries that's clogging it is not saturated fat. It's not cholesterol. Yet still today, it's the biggest claim. Cholesterol is causing heart disease. Did you know the Framingham Heart Study showed that people with a cholesterol lower than 200, that's the ideal, right? Everybody's all, let's get it down, let's drive it down, do whatever we can. 40% of them still had heart attacks. Guys, that's a staggering number. Many people have heart attacks that are taking statins even still today. So just because you're on the med doesn't necessarily prevent you from having the effect in of itself. And the recent research is now showing that if your cholesterol goes lower than 180, you're three times more likely to have a stroke or have heart effects. So if we drive the numbers down, we almost get the same effect as when they're too elevated. So we have to ask this question, are the numbers actually helping us? And unfortunately, I believe they're skewing our understanding of what's creating this. We talked again at the top of the hour. The most important thing you can do to understand your cholesterol relationships is crank out a calculator and run some numbers. Take your total cholesterol and divide it by your HDL. If that number is 2, 2.5, or 3, you're doing fantastic. So even if it's at, say, like 225, and you divide that by your HDL, if your HDL is like 100, you're doing phenomenal. Now, if your HDL is low and your total cholesterol is high, click red flag. We need to implement the techniques I'm going to teach you today. Take your HDL levels and compare them to your LDL levels. So now take your HDL, whatever it is, multiply it by 2.5, and if that equals your LDL, even if the LDL is elevated, the research says your ratio is good, there's no major concern. But if it's way less than that, then we have a big challenge. Take your triglycerides and divide them by your HDLs. 
If that number is higher than 2%, then we got a big challenge. Okay, so we know that there's better relationships. And here's the other thing. We know that cholesterol is actually something that's good for you. Cholesterol is actually a major important structure in your cellular functionality. About 25% of your cholesterol is found in your brain. Having high cholesterol, so above 200, in the research has been shown to have better cognitive function as you age. It prevents neurodegeneration, cognitive decline, Alzheimer's, dementia, etc., Cholesterol itself actually moves fat around in your body to help you burn it for energy. And so sometimes what happens is when we lower our cholesterols, we see major effects within our health. Did you know that cholesterol is an essential building block for estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, vitamin D, epinephrine, norepinephrine, almost all the major hormones that we use inside of our body? And here's one I don't think a lot of you understand. Cholesterol is used to make the bile acids and the bile salts that you need to digest your fats and help you metabolize them in the first place. So can you see the conundrum of if you fall into the trap that I have to lower my cholesterol, I got to do everything I can, I got to take my medications, I got to do whatever's necessary to get my total cholesterol down, you could be robbing your body of the essential nutrients you need to digest and burn fat to lose weight. You could be blocking your hormones, creating a thyroid issue or decreasing your testosterone, guys, or changing your cyclical hormones, ladies. You could be physically making your brain lose functionality, which is why a lot of people will say stuff like, I just have got this fog or this haze. It's just like, you know, that sharpness, that clarity that I once had. Well, guess what? Maybe it has to do with the fact we're taking the wrong approach. Maybe it has to do with the fact that we don't fully understand everything about our cholesterol relationships because we've just been told it's your total numbers and it's your LDLs, and if they're off balance, you got to medicate, otherwise you're going to have a heart attack. And yet the research is not 100% clear on that. So let me go through this. Every single cell inside of your body has a membrane that protects it. It's wrapped in fat. In fact, it's saturated fat. And cholesterol is about 50% of the cell membrane for the integrity. So as you lose cholesterol because of either driving them down or taking supplements to force them down and not actually solving the underlying issue, you starve your cells for the fluidity that they need. So things get hard. Your bones actually require cholesterol as a precursor to help the production of vitamin D and to regulate the hormones necessary for you to have good proper bone health. So when we think of osteoporosis and osteopenia, I start thinking something's up with cholesterol metabolism and something's up with the major player behind that, which is usually your liver and your detoxification pathways. Did you know, listen to this, there are multiple types of LDL. So just because your LDL levels are elevated doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. If you have elevated what's called LDL-A or lipoprotein A, these are the good guys. These are the large particles, and what they've discovered in research is they actually carry nutrients and fat and smaller amounts of cholesterol, and they're less likely to be oxidized, so they don't cause placking. But if your LDL numbers are the protein Bs, lipoprotein B, then we have a problem. So see, what I see is a lot of people will say, well, my LDL is elevated. Okay, great. Which one is it? Is it A or B? I had no idea there was a difference. There are tests that can show you the size of your particles. It's so much more important. Just because your LDL level is elevated doesn't mean it's a bad thing. If you have a subtle elevation in your LDL-A particles, bravo. LDL-A elevations in research have been shown to lower insulin, 
decrease hemoglobin A1C, help you to get more nutrients to your cell, and burn more fat. So it could be that we're forcing things down in the wrong patterns. Another aspect is the idea that to enhance our immune system, we need to have proper hormone relationship. Low cholesterol is associated with a lot of aggression, hyperactivity, depression, suicidal and homicidal tendencies. And there are studies showing that the effects of having cholesterol levels being pushed down by either medications or something else can affect the way that your body reacts to an immune system response. So it weakens your immunity. We know, for example, that certain fats are fuel for the heart. For example, 18 carbon stearic acid and 16 palmitic acid are extremely preferred foods for your heart, and yet they're found in the fats that most of us are told to avoid. So I need to break down with you, how do we solve this issue with cholesterol? How do we bring our levels back to normal? What are the nutrients we can use to fix ratios rather than pushing them down? And that's what we're going to do today. So I hope I've sparked your interest. And listen, in about two weeks, I'm hosting another webinar event. I had one today. It was fantastic. Over 150 people online. We broke free from heart disease. I'm wondering if you need to lose weight, if you need to lower your blood sugar, if you need to solve your A1C, if you're a type 2 diabetic or you're struggling with weight loss. On Saturday, June 19th, I'm hosting a metabolic syndrome event. I'm going to show you how to solve this weight loss issue once and for all. 10, 15, 20 pounds down, four weeks. Blood sugar's down 90 days. A1C dropping five to six months. You can do this from the comfort of your home on Saturday, June 19th at 10 a.m. Call 704-906-2094 or text your name and email to 704-906-2094. See Ask Dr. Aaron Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst, and hey, it's a show where pounds are shed, disease is dead, and where you can be set free from your health problems. We're having an incredible topic today talking about cholesterol. How do we conquer this animal that so many of us deal with? And uh, I say the word animal because that's the way most of us view it as, this sort of you know, monster that it rips through and attacks our arteries, it clogs things, it can prevent us from having good heart health, and yet... Is that the case? Is that really what cholesterol is doing? Or is it a natural response to an underlying issue that needs to be solved? And I'm going to tell you, from 15 years of clinical experience now, myself, seeing this with patients, working with it on myself, I have discovered that what often happens is cholesterol elevates as a reaction. And what you're going to learn right now is that it's actually a response to major health effects, thyroid disease, diabetes, obesity, other health aspects that we have cause our cholesterols to elevate, but yet we're told the elevation in cholesterol is what causes those health effects. So in order to get your cholesterols down, you got to take control of your health. And the number one thing to know about cholesterol is it's actually trying to fix things. It's a, it's a repair molecule. It's an inflammatory molecule. So as your inflammation goes up, your cholesterol goes up. As your need for repair elevates, the need for cholesterol elevates, and so your liver will actually produce it in demand. So some of you are saying, well, my liver is overproducing. What do I do to fix it? We have to find the underlying root challenge. So the number one thing you can do to improve your cholesterol relationships now is to start a global approach to your health, number one. Begin by decreasing your inflammation and start focusing not only just on your diet, but on what are the organ systems that are off balance within your body. 
I'll give you an example. Thyroid conditions, while you might not be diagnosed with it, are extremely common in most individuals. And as your thyroid levels drop, the ability for the receptor for insulin. So remember, all nutrients in the body have to pass through the cell membrane through an open door receptor. Thyroid hormones open the door for the cholesterol receptor to allow for cholesterol to enter your cell. Why would cholesterol go inside the cell? Well, it's a precursor for hormones. It makes vitamin D. It helps the body. It actually fills the membrane and makes it more fluid-like. It holds things together. You need cholesterol. So if your thyroid is in, in, in balance and you have a hypothyroid response, that door is closed. The thyroid hormone opens the cholesterol receptor. So watch this. If you have a thyroid condition that's been undiagnosed and the cholesterol can't get inside the cell, the body starts increasing the carrier proteins to try to push it in the cell and your labs will come back and they'll say, oh my gosh, you're at risk for heart disease when in fact it's actually a thyroid condition going on. It can also be your diet. Not that you're eating too much animal-based saturated fats or butter or lard because in fact they're actually finding out now it's the opposite of that. If you're following a traditional Americanized diet, lots of grains, you've replaced your bad fats with good fats, right? Canola oil, Wesson vegetable oil, etc. You're going low fat and moderate to high carbohydrate. That is the fire that feeds inflammation that causes your cholesterol levels to elevate. So a great strategy is to go with an anti-inflammatory diet. We talk about this show after show after show after show. If you reduce the inflammation within your body, your cholesterol levels will start to drop down. We want to avoid foods that are found with typical, traditional, refined carbohydrates, sugar, and grains. We want to stay away from additives and preservatives. Okay, If you're looking at an ingredient list and it's 17 miles long and you can't pronounce it at all, I want you to think, this is going to raise my cholesterol. We want to stay from genetically, stay away from genetically modified foods and anything that has a pesticide or a toxic debris burden to it, the traditional conventional food products, going with more organic and more whole food based. The thing here that I want to talk about is the animal connection, right? So a lot of people say, well, I'm not supposed to eat red meat. I'm not supposed to eat butter because it's going to elevate my cholesterol. We've discovered that it's actually not the case if you're doing clean meats and raw and or what I'll call sort of uh, natural butters, right? Grass-fed, for example. A lot of the research shows that because of the vegetables and the, the food products that are fed to the cows, corn and wheat and rice and soy and oats, it elevates the inappropriate relationships of their fats. We eat that meat. Yes, it elevates the inflammatory style. Yes, we see more clogging with the arteries, but it's not because of the meats themselves. It's because what they ate. Grain-fed animals lead to elevated cholesterol levels. Grass-fed animals lead to decreased in total cholesterol levels, and it's out there. When we work on foods that increase alkalinity instead of acidity, you'll also see your levels start to drop. So the biggest things to avoid, refined grains, whole grains, grains in and of themselves, flour, wheat, rice, oats, etc., fried and or deep processed food products, anything that is grain-fed as an animal source, and most of the conventional oils, corn, safflower, sunflower, soybean, canola, because they're all inflammatory, and so they increase the oxidation. And here's the other aspect to it. In order for cholesterol to be sticky, it has to become oxidized. So if you decrease your oxidation, you decrease the likelihood that the cholesterols of the LDL particles will be small and get stuck in the arteries themselves. Another aspect is making sure that you incorporate 
the art of intermittent fasting. Again, we've talked about this many times, but there are studies showing that if you give your body time to digest itself, to fight down the fats and burn through the cholesterols and use them to create the hormones that you need, you can increase the sensitivity of your cortisol receptors. You can improve your insulin response, lower your blood sugar, help your cholesterols to drop, stimulate fat burning, increase your energy production, reduce your inflammation, and it all starts with skipping a meal a day. Intermittent fasting is by far the best strategy that I know with, in addition to going on an anti-inflammatory diet that will bring your cholesterol levels down quickly. But another thing to pay attention to is this concept of food sensitivities. Okay, around 45 to 75% of Americans, according to some studies, are physically sensitive to the foods they eat. So it's important that you identify which foods in your diet react in your body. And you can do it two simple ways. Based upon how you feel, bloated, gas, abdominal pain, discomfort, acid reflux, etc. You're eating a food you're sensitive to. Or you can check your blood sugars before and after you eat. If there is a significant elevation in your blood sugar from before and after a meal within 30 minutes, you're eating a food that you're sensitive to. The challenge with food sensitivities is it creates inflammation and irritation within your gut. And that leads to a leak. And remember, the body is about repairing itself naturally. If the intestines are leaking, cholesterol and fat are a great plug. So your body will elevate your cholesterol levels to go down and try to seal those holes, plug the gut up so that it stops leaking, and that could be the main reason why your cholesterol is high. We have so much more to talk about, including my top supplements for not just lowering cholesterol, but for solving the ratio issues. We're going to do that when we come back from this next commercial break. But right now is your opportunity. If you're looking to lose 10, 15, even 20 pounds, we're going to do that at my webinar in two weeks, Saturday, June 19th. If you're looking to lower your blood sugar and your A1C, if you have type 2 diabetes, join me on the 19th at 10 a.m. I'm going to show you how to solve those animals easily. 704-906-2094. Hey, it's the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. We'll be right back. Good afternoon. Happy Saturday. You're listening to the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. Hey, it's the show where pounds are shed, disease is dead, and where you can be set free from your health problems. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Ernst. Love that we're here today. We're talking about the controversy of cholesterol. We're talking about simple ways you can restore your cholesterol levels in a natural method, not just lowering them, but actually fixing the ratios, the relationships of how your body uses your cholesterol so that you get the benefits from it outside of the negative effects of having your cholesterol be oxidized and causing some plaquing within your arteries, etc. So can cholesterol plaque your arteries? Yes, but it's not the total number of cholesterols that does that. It's not even the LDL levels that do that. There's been some recent research suggesting that there are two different types of LDL particles, one that you really need to pay attention to. You have LDL particle A, which are the large particles. Okay, Now, unfortunately, as we talked about at the top of the hour, a lot of you have had your blood tests run, but you just see LDL and you see a number. I don't know, LDL 117. And your doctor's going, it's over 100, oh my gosh, freaking out. Or they'll look at your total cholesterol, 225. Wow, way too elevated. Okay, don't look at the individual numbers. Start pulling out your calculator and let's do some math here. Or start seeking out some advice from a wellness physician, a functional physician, somebody who can actually test the types of patterns of your LDL particles to find out if it's a big deal or not. Okay, I want you to think of it like this. The larger your LDL particle, the better. 
because these have been shown to actually protect your body against oxidative stress. They have a cardioprotective effect. And the research shows that the more LDL-A that you have, the lower your insulin, the lower your hemoglobin A1C, and we have better productivity of your cholesterol patterns. Okay, number two, if you have lots of the LDL particle B, which are smaller, these guys are more prone to oxidation, and that's the real big issue. Oxidation is kind of like a conversion into something that it shouldn't be. It's a rusting. It's an inflammatory reaction. LDL particle B are real tiny, so they can get in between the cells of the linings of your vessels, your arteries, etc. They can become oxidized to form plaque very easily. The research shows there's a massive correlation between the small particles and cardiovascular disease. And watch this. If you have a lot of small particles, the LDLBs, you tend to have high fasting insulin, which is type 2 diabetes, elevated A1C, which is type 2 diabetes, and obesity because, again, they're stored in the organs within your body. So it's not just so much the number. It's the type. Is it a particle A or particle B? And yet, guess what? There's a simple, easy test called an NMR profile that you can run on your cholesterols to take a look at the numbers and the sizes and actually break it down even further. A lot of wellness physicians will do that for you, functional doctors, etc. We run this on many patients. If you're looking for a way to break out of your cholesterol issue, askdrernst.com, top right-hand corner, you'll see a button that says request a free consultation. Let's chat. Let's see if we can help you with it. Okay, we discussed that the top strategy for lowering your cholesterol relationships and your ratios, not the numbers again, but making the ratios better, is by following an anti-inflammatory diet, removing the classic foods that create inflammation and oxidation in the body, whole grains, whole wheat, rice, corn, soy, oats, etc. Sticking away from the fried foods, mostly because, again, they're wrapped in wheat and they're fried in vegetable oils, either canola or sunflower or peanut, etc., which are really high in the oxidizing effects. And we want to switch our diet over into more of a whole food, real food diet. Anti-inflammatory, grass-fed meats, wild-caught fish, free-range eggs. And then we want to make sure we're focusing on, of course, the plethora of colored vegetables and certain berries, fruits, etc. One thing that is really important to understand is the connection between the fats that we eat and our heart health. And I know it might sound coincidental to say, I want you to elevate your fats to lower your cholesterol, but the research shows if you elevate the right kinds of fats, you can do that. You know, we've been told that we should do canola oil. It's heart healthy, isn't it? Soybean oil, corn oil, margarine, better than butter, peanut oil, much better than everything else. But yet those are the fats that are highly oxidizable and will create an issue within your cholesterols. They often elevate the LDL particle B, the small ones, and that creates the plaque within the arteries. Now, if you go down this list, these are the fats I want you to focus on because they can actually help to elevate and change the relationships. Butter. I know what you're going to say. I thought butter was bad. Remember, grass-fed, good, grain-fed, bad. Tallow, beef fat, phenomenal. Ghee, clarified butter. Coconut milk and the fats that come from coconut oil and avocado oil and olive oil have all been shown to help elevate the HDLs, decrease the LDL particle B, and elevate the LDL particle A. There's been a lot of controversy over this concept of doesn't coconut oil raise LDL cholesterol? I thought it's bad, etc. But when you go into the nitty-gritty of it, it's elevating the LDL particle A. 
the big fluffy fat ones that you want. We talked about how intermittent fasting is vital for lowering your cholesterol levels naturally because it gives your body time to heal itself. A short-term fast, 12 to 16 hours, will increase the ability for your body to burn fat, increase the ability for you to produce energy, reduce inflammation, stimulate the ability for sugars to be transferred across the cell membranes so it helps to lower your blood sugar, reduces overall cardiovascular risk by elevating HDL, elevating LDL particle A's, and reducing the oxidation effects that we have within your body. We talked also about how food sensitivities are a big deal. And a lot of us are unaware of the food sensitivities that we have. We eat foods that we think are healthy for us, but we don't see the reaction inside or we feel it with bloating, gas, acid reflux, etc. It's been estimated that as many as 75% of individuals are eating a food daily that their body is violently reacting to at an inflammatory level. Can you get tested for this? Yes, food sensitivity profiles are available. They do a small blood exam. They'll test you against an inflammatory response. They'll tell you, eat this, don't eat that. But you can do it very simply at home by monitoring your blood sugar before and after a meal. Take your blood sugars, eat your meal, wait 30 minutes. If there's a massive elevation beyond 20 or 30 points, what you're eating is a degree of an inflammatory food. And then your, your job now is to find the food that is creating that reaction. Did you know that getting regular exposure to sun can also lower your cholesterol? Your vitamin D levels are directly related to your cholesterol levels in that if you have elevated, or sorry, indirectly, if you have elevated vitamin D, you have less cholesterol because there's a precursor called squalene that flows around inside of your body. As your squalene levels elevate, if you are in the sun, it's converted over into vitamin D. But if you hang out the majority of your life inside buildings with, you know, fluorescent lights, etc., just like I'm in this studio right now today, you decrease the sun exposure so the squalene is forced to be turned into cholesterol. And oftentimes what we find is this is what leads to slight elevations in cholesterol. The sun will activate cholesterol to form vitamin D as well. So not only does it shuttle the production, but it actually helps to convert it back into the vitamin D. So regular sun exposure can help you to reduce your cholesterol levels. If 60% of your skin is exposed to sun for 15 minutes, you can get up to 10,000 units of vitamin D. If you push it to about 20 to 25 minutes, you can get up to 20,000 units of vitamin D, which is the therapeutic dose that most people need to take on a daily basis. Do this three to four times a week, and you can see over time your cholesterol levels start to drop. Another aspect is starting to focus on the fact that you have to understand your liver is regulating not just your sugars, not just your triglycerides, but also your cholesterol. Your liver is absolutely central to the metabolism of your cholesterol. So it's important to understand that your liver may need some love, some detoxing, some cleansing, etc. When we focus on paying attention to our liver, you will start to see that it will convert your cholesterols into the proper forms, helping your ratios to balance out. It can elevate your HDLs, lower your LDLs. And also the unique thing about the liver is it has the ability to take excess cholesterol and turn it into bile so that it can be excreted through the gallbladder into the bowels and actually physically eliminated through defecation. So look how powerful this is. Your liver can try to lower your cholesterol levels if we clean it out. Now, the thing behind the liver is it's often overburdened because of the world we live in today. 
go back to a show I did about two or three weeks ago where I talked about the number one steps you can do to decrease your liver's toxicity. So briefly, we can use things like milk thistle, N-acetylcysteine, marshmallow root, etc. We can use B vitamins and certain nutrients to help to enhance liver functionality. But a really good cleansing of your liver will help your cholesterol levels to come down. We can also focus on liver-supporting foods. Again, it goes back to cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, etc. Beets, and believe it or not, eggs are one of the most important foods you can eat for your liver. Make sure we flush ourselves with good amounts of water. Make sure we intermittent fast. And if you need some additional assistance with helping your liver, this is where it's time to reach out through the portals of AskDrEnch.com. Let's get some consultations done, and we can help you to solve your cholesterol issues and clean out your liver. Top nutrients consumed daily to lower the ratios to get them back on balance again. Fish oils, specifically omega-3 fatty acids. If you take between 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams of it every single day, what you'll find is elevations in HDL cholesterol, reductions in LDL particle B, and subtle elevations in LDL particle A. Fish oils are by far some of the best nutrients you can take daily to help balance cholesterol levels. Another one is called CoQ10. And the thing with CoQ10 is that it's often depleted when people are using statins. So the very nutrient and enzyme you need to help regulate your cholesterol is being destroyed by the medication. And we could do a whole show based upon that. Is there design behind it? Is there a reason for it? But coenzyme Q10 has been shown to help lower cholesterol levels. It works by removing the excess cholesterol that's often around. And it actually has been shown in research to help clean out your arteries, just like HDL. I want you to think of HDL as sort of a vacuum or a sweeper. It goes through the body and can physically pull the placking, the oxidation, and even sometimes the calcium out of your arteries. Niacin, also known as vitamin B3, it's commonly used right now to be a prescription for sometimes alternative methods of lowering your cholesterol. It's like a natural statin, if you will. It's been shown to reduce triglycerides, lower levels of LDL, and also increase HDL. Red yeast rice, go look into it. There's a lot of research supporting that it has gone through this process where they take a specific type of rice, they ferment it, and there's been studies showing that it can decrease both triglycerides and LDLs, about 1,200 milligrams if you use that. Garlic, another great nutrient, 500 milligrams a day. Garlic is around your kitchen, your cabinets, easy to take, simple to do, and it can lower your cholesterol levels quickly. Where on earth did the time go? My gosh, this hour has flown by. Hopefully you found it to be helpful and informative. If you'd like more information, again, visit AskDrEnst.com so you can read not only the resources we have, but connect with our team. And if you're looking for a way to lower your blood sugars, lose weight, feel great, that's my webinar coming up in two weeks. It is the Mastering Metabolic Syndrome event. We're going to show you how to conquer this issue called weight loss resistance, how to lower your sugars and your A1C in a matter of a couple months, and it's absolutely free at 10 a.m. on the 19th. Pick up the phone and call 704-906-2094 or text your name and your email. We'll get you registered, and I'll see you guys in two weeks for that event. Hey, it's the Ask Dr. Ernst Show. I look forward to seeing you each and every week with healthy tips and ways to transform your life. Thanks for tuning in. Until next week. 